You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here hosting Southside Sox on the farm podcast number 24. You didn't think we were going to get 24 podcasts out of the farm system this year, did you? Guess what? Before the end of the year, we'll probably have at least a couple more. I don't know. It just comes down to when Darren finally comes out of hibernation. Uh, we're going to let him rest for a while. You know, he's earned it. He's written 8,000 different uh, minor league update games, sometimes based on like nothing, just based yeah. on air. He gets the still telegraph beep beeps. Yes. And we still can't. Let, that's true. We cannot let you sleep yet because the Arizona Fall League, which seems to actively not want us to know anything about it, uh, <laughs> is still going on. And you are taking on, I believe, five of seven days. So. Uh, all right. So don't, uh, don't sleep. Uh, don't sleep yet, Darren. Darren, welcome. Thank you for yet again joining me on a Southside Sox on the Farm podcast. Your attendance is nearly 100%. Yeah, well. <laughs> now I don't that's... know why, why anybody else would want to talk about you know, <laughs> under 30, 30 games. Uh, that enthusiastic response is why we pay you the big bucks and why you just keep on coming back. I call in on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and boom, I say, I yell to the other room. I say, Hey, Rumi, snap two, get your Mets hat on. Let's talk about the minor league system and what we're going to do for this bonus episode. I didn't be commercial free. Who knows? This bonus episode is going to be just looking at the system as a whole guys. We've talked about already, but at this point, the post that's live along with this podcast is going to be just sort of a recounting of your uh, MVP votes, sort of all-star team. We've been running that with Darren's monthly updates for the whole season, sort of like little tweaks and updates to that. Uh, there was a time where like Evan Skaug was the best uh, 
catcher in the system based on MPV votes. That's no longer the case. But uh, based on that, uh, we're going to just run through the organization, maybe where positions of strength are and where there are weaknesses. And just, uh, I don't know, talk about the best of the best. I mean, most of these are obvious sorts of choices, uh, Darren, but let's just Let's start behind the plate. The White Sox have a lot of catchers at the top of the system, but none of them seem to have distinguished themselves enough to really be impactful um, minor league wise. Is the is a guy like Carlos Perez the person you would place the most hope on to actually ever make a minor, major league impact, or the White Sox just not have that catcher in their system? Um, I would well definitely they don't really have that catcher in their system, um, and it seems like one of Zach Collins or Sebi Zavala are going to be in AAA to see what they do, um, uh, choosing between the two to back them up. And next fourth is probably Carlos Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't. I mean, he he had his best offensive season this year, but he also was in Charlotte, very hitters friendly park, and it, it wasn't. I mean, the WRC plus wasn't even over a hundred. So it really wasn't that fantastic. Um, but he's definitely the better feeling one. Uh, Gunnar Troutwine might be the best hitting catcher, mm-hmm. but as we've seen, he can't really catch <laughs> that well, which is a problem. Yeah. We've seen that problem several times uh, the past couple of years in Chicago, but um, yeah, not very, not a very deep uh, position group for the White Sox in general. Uh, moving to first base, obviously Gavin Sheets made an impact with uh, Charlotte in a big way, and he he impacted even beyond Adam Vaughn's uh, impact on the major league team, getting some legit reps, uh, scoring the last run of the season for the White Sox. Well, certainly had the last home run of the season for the White Sox mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Um, so we sort of won't count him. He's matriculated. He's no longer a prospect. Uh, and guys like Jamison Fisher aren't aren't guys do you have to go all the way down to arizona and i mean and the white Sox have 600 first basemen at the major league level so it's not certainly certainly not an urgent need do you go all the way down to varus and arizona as maybe the guy you'd think of as a first baseman with the you know with the most promise in the system or how do you size up first base not that it's a position of concern given that apparently maybe anybody can play there but uh how's first base size up for you uh i mean i guess it was I don't know if it was supposed to be Benjamin Bailey, but um, I guess right now probably it would be between Wilfred Veras just because he had a really good season and is pretty young. Um, and then also Harvin Mendoza, mm. uh, just because Mendoza is a proven pretty good uh, bat to ball kind of a hitter. Um, he has to walk more and he's a first baseman. He really needs to you know get the home- homers up more, but I don't know if that's possible after uh, I guess now three years in the system and he hasn't proven that yeah. he's been able to hit for power. Um, so yeah, also not a fantastic position, but it's also um, you've got sheets and Vaughn already there and you've got a Brave still there. Um, yeah. And he's never leaving. And he's going to play to like Jake 55. Berger could also play first. So they, they have guys that could go there, but it's still not a deep position. They're all up. They're all up there. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Uh, second base is weird, Darren, because there are a lot of guys who can play there, who may end up playing there. There's uh, Romy Gonzalez. There's Jose Rodriguez might move over there. But in terms of guys we just consider to be true second baseman, it really comes down to, at this point, I guess, Gilbert Sanchez. Uh, he's a guy that I think you've intimated could maybe even see the majors next year. So let's focus instead on what you need to see from him. Obviously, he hasn't played AAA ball yet. But what would you need to see from him, aside from just kicking ass, 
um, to make the jump and maybe even get that cup of coffee next year with the Sox. Yeah, honestly, he just needs to put his season in double A and just continue it wherever. I'm guessing he's starting in triple A next year, um, just because of how well he did in double A. Uh, but he was really hitting the ball well. The strikeouts were down. Um, I think they were actually below 10% or just right there, which is the kind of where he needs to be in the majors if he's going to be there. Um, he's not going to walk a ton, so you also don't need to strike out a ton or then you're kind of just a wash at that point. Not a lot of pop. Um, I guess he's really just a worse Nick Madrigal. Um, like you could – Honestly, I think you can count on Madrigal hitting 300 for most of his career. Gilbert Sanchez, I think you want to count on him hitting 275 and somehow itching his up, walks up a bit because he's apparently really good at defensively, so that mm-hmm. should not be a problem. Um, of course, we might have thought that about Madrigal too, and then he had a huge mm. issue yeah. a second when the majors. I'm not yeah. sure what that was, that was about. Um, but he seems to be sure-handed. He's older. So yeah. I'm guessing he could get the opportunity and there's not really a second baseman on the roster right now. Um, not that <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that R- Romy Gonzalez would not be chosen above. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gilbert Sanchez to start to start right. second, but you're also yeah. assuming they're going to sign somebody, but yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a fantastic pure second baseman, but again, you've got Jose Rodriguez, Brian Ramos can play there. Um I guess Romy Gonzalez is still a prospect. We don't know where he's going to start next year. He he can play there. Yeah, I was going to mention Ramos because he's listed at second base, but he's really pretty much DH. I mean, I don't know. That means he's just not. I mean, it'd just be a yeah. matter of having too many guys he, on the field. We'll but, find out. Yeah. Uh, third base is is weird too, uh, Darren, in that there's just not a lot. You got Jake Berger, of course, but you know he's nearly uh, matriculated. So, I mean, I guess he barely is come. We're sort of lopping off Charlotte, I guess, uh, certainly any of the veteran. Charlotte guys at this point, especially guys who have seen time with the White Sox and really the system from there. I mean, you got Luis Curbelo and, and I guess, you know, West Calf way too early to say. So uh, somebody at third who stands out, not that again, there's a pressing need, not as covered as uh, up in the South side as first bases, but you know, Mancata probably isn't going anywhere anytime soon, but uh, is there, is there third base I'm missing or is it just sort of a, a weaker spot in the system? Yeah, well, you you would have hoped it would have been Bryce Bush. Um, that is not the case. Uh, yeah. So it's really there. It's really obviously Moncada, and then you've got Berger, and then it's a. I guess you could also fix in both uh, uh, rookies they drafted, Westcalf and mm-hmm. Colson Montgomery. Yeah. I guess you could do both. Um, but Montgomery also plays shortstop, and I think that's what he mostly does. <laughs> um, so it's kind of that's kind of that's kind of it. There's also a huge gap in this one. Um, again, just go look at the records of Kannapolis and Winston-Salem. You can see there's a big gap of talent um, between the higher levels and then the lower levels. Yeah, and the fact that A level, let's just say, or A maybe even to double A, especially with some of the fast movement like uh, maybe a Sanchez and Romy Gonzalez this year, the fact that they're sort of a donut of a system is is actually the way the White Sox, it, not that you don't want to have a great system top to bottom, but if you have to have a hole, you want in the middle at this point because you want to be a top loaded because apparently we've been told the window's open, Darren, in case you're unaware, the window is now open. But then the next place of strength you want is this, you know, like a so-called next wave of guys who are just too young to make any impact yet, uh, but you know, hopefully somebody is going to become, hopefully Nori Vera is going to be in the White Sox rotation. Hopefully we can count on that. One of those four guys is somebody to be counted on. So if you, if you, if you have to have a donut of a system or, you know, if you have a hole in your system, you would prefer that sort of donut the way the White Sox are because they won 93 games. Uh, they, they don't necessarily need a stacked 
double A or high A, yeah? Uh, I mean, I guess their window the of the players that they have signed isn't really ending until mid-2020s, so that's not really the concern. Um, but you, their like, lowest levels, Kannapolis and the rookie leagues, are not really that full either. Um, so they have probably a, a bigger gap that could be easily fixed if they, if like this 2021 draft looks good, but the 2020 draft does not look fantastic right now. Um, this Garrett crochet standing aside, he looks pretty good. Mm. Um, but, uh, there's, there's just big gaps. <laughs> They're yeah. not a good system. So there's not a lot of the guys that you've heard of are the, really the only decent prospects that are in the system at this point notable and it must be it must uh it must be highlighted darren in that last two minute portion sounded more negative about the white sex system than me i just it's, it's i gotta note it it's a pull quote for this i gotta note it uh, okay shortstop uh, obviously you've got the man and i guess it, it goes without saying we should probably actually make some sort of official podcast announcement it, it seems pretty clear or tell me defy me if i'm wrong jose rodriguez would be a Southside Sox player of the year in the system. Am I wrong to assume that? Uh, well, I hope so. It's him or Romy, um, but I'm guessing it's him because he was really the only guy that was doing well in Canapolis for a while. Um, and I mean, he crushed it. So he's your shortstop, even though he's not proven really that he can play shortstop, but still young. Yeah, no. So I guess he's going to blossom into one or something, or we're going to find somewhere to put him. Um, and of course, uh, Romy Gonzalez, um, shortstop. I don't know what it's going to be next year. Next year is going to be catcher. I don't know. He's, they're just going to spring something on it. They've got the, he, maybe he's already selected the card. Uh, uh, Ken Williams fans out a deck of cards. Romy has to pick one. And then that's his position for the year. This year it was shortstop and he played it pretty well, given the fact that he had not played a single game professionally at shortstop before this year. Uh, again, catcher next year might be a little rougher, but I guess I wouldn't bet yeah. against him. Uh, but shortstop wise, uh, obviously aside from Colson Montgomery, uh, are, are there other guys that we should be paying attention to or because Jose Rodriguez has been so great and technically is a shortstop, uh, do we need to even worry about shortstop because he's just going to carry it? Uh, well, I mean, just like your little league team, shortstops are usually where the good guys in the infield are. I played shortstop, Darren. I played yeah. shortstop. All right. And especially because it's, you know, the minors, it's still everyone's learning where to go. Uh, the White Sox moved around a lot of people this yeah. year. Um, sometimes weirdly, sometimes it was weird and worked out with Gavin Sheets. Um, he was not, you know, a detriment out there. In, in right or left. Um, but they do actually have another guy to just keep an eye on, Lenyon Sosa. Um, that should be a familiar name to some people. Yeah. Um, 2019, he was pretty decent in Kannapolis. Uh, he was very good with Winston-Salem to start the year. Um, had like a seven, oh, nearly 800 OPS, um, but double-A did not do so well. Unfortunately, he was one of kind of the few hitters that actually hit the Birmingham bump. Uh, there, everyone else kind of seemed to do well, but yeah. uh, Sosa did not. Um, so he is at least in double A now. We'll see who, where he goes because right now he was, uh, um, if Jose Rodriguez is starting in double A, we'll see which one actually is at shortstop when they start there. Um, but something just to keep an eye on him, he's there. I don't know if he's ever going to make it again. The system isn't fantastic, but he's definitely a top 30 guy. Um, and top 30 guys usually get brought up a lot. 
Um, I don't think he's going to make the majors at all this year or anything like that. I don't know if that's possible, Um, but just a guy to keep an eye on. All right. In the outfield, Darren, we have the strange, we have the weird conundrum with our MVP votes where we basically have no pitchers and a bunch of hitters. I've, I've corrected that in our post, but we, if it was to be true, we'd have seven outfielders and I'm just going to list them. Uh, Luis Maises, Mike Rodolfo, who may be departing us any day now. Masael Gonzalez, uh, Mickey Matuk, uh, Yolki Cespedes, Alex Destino, Godwin Bennett, who I think is an outfielder. I just put him an outfielder in this list I sent you. He might name me an outfielder. At any rate, uh, Matuk, obviously, just a vet guy, whatever, AAA guy. Alex Destino playing um, older than his level. Okay, you know, that's that's nothing. Miker may not be with the team, but in terms of just pure outfield, you know, all-stars, who are, who are three of the outfielders for the White Sox uh, in the system who stood out to you as being really the best three we had? Yeah, so I think... Uh, everything considering for Yolki Cespedes, who definitely did not finish the season strong and is not doing that well in the AFL right now. Um, he came over and did uh, really well right away, which is what you want to see from an older, like top international prospect that you gave money to. Um, again, he did really well to start and kind of faltered lately. Um, he just hasn't played enough baseball, so I'm assuming it's fatigue, um, but it could also just be him just getting figured out more often. People are noticing his ticks more often. Um, so we'll see how he does next year. I'm guessing he's starting in double A, um, but uh, he, he's definitely the top outfield prospect at this point, um, especially because another guy, Mike Rodolfo, who I, I really, I really don't know what they're going to do. I'm assuming he's not going to be on the team, um, but you, you never know. Uh, they like to play with their options. So we'll see what happens with him, uh, but he's definitely has the most power in the system at this point. Um, now that, uh, you know, Luis Roberts is out of the, is out of the uh, top 25 rankings or top yeah. 30 rankings. It's now Mike Rodolfo, most power. Um, he proved that without a doubt this year with, uh, like I think 275 ISOs in double A and triple A, which is outrageous that it's that <laughs> high. Um, I, he still has a strikeout problem, but I mean, with the power like that he just kind of blew through the system and made you know pitchers look like they were just easy to hit off of with all the homers he had um but yeah after that huge drop um you could say Blake Rutherford just because he's been a top prospect and uh maybe he regains that eventually I don't think so but I know people still hold out hope for the guys that uh come back late but then it's probably Luis Maeses just because of all the tools he had. Mm-hmm. Um, it should have been Benjamin Bailey, but he was so bad yeah. that it, you just can't. You can't really yeah. be excited about him uh, going forward unless he proves that he can do, uh, do it at the, the level that he's supposed to do it at. Yeah. But yeah, it probably is me a season, but he still has a lot of holes. Um, but he is a lefty bat, and they need a lefty bat, so hopefully it works out with him. Um, but yeah, there's a huge gap once you get beyond Adolfo uh, with outfielders. Okay, listeners, believe it or not, that was the good half of this little chat about the sort of organizational all-stars. We're going to take a break and try to find more than just a couple obvious pitchers to discuss in the second half of this podcast. We'll be right back with number 24 in just a minute. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, White Sox fans, it's Brett Ballantini. I'm here to host Southside Sox on the Farm Podcast number 24 with my good pal, Darren Black, who's recently apparently taken on the New York Mets as his favorite team. Now that the White Sox have been eliminated from the playoffs and the Mets never made it, eh, he's, he roots for the underdog. He roots for the underdog, people. Uh, we talked uh, fairly extensively uh, about guys that we've talked about during all the year-end uh, review wrap-up podcasts already, but we sort of put them in a context of maybe the best of the best. The hitting all-stars. Now we move to the pitching all-stars, Darren. And it didn't help that Connor Pilkington was traded mid-season. Didn't help that Taylor Varnell left the game mid-season because those two were probably our number one and number two candidates for pitcher of the year simply by the MVP votes from the South, the dear Southside Sox readers out there. And you know who I am speaking of. So by default, I think the pitcher of the year, I mean, really, parenthetically, it's Norhe Vera, but he only pitched like, you know, whatever, 19 innings, can't, just can't do it. Yeah. Sorry, Vera, you got you to earn it next year. Uh, it's going to be Cade McClure, who had a pretty good year, made it to AAA, didn't do well, but he made it yeah. to AAA. Yeah, uh, I mean, beyond the older guys, like Mike Wright Jr. and Emilio Vargas, um, they've known none of the legit prospects really did well uh Cade McClure did do the best um but he did really did not do well in Charlotte uh which you know not doing well right at the level uh below the majors is what you know J- Jonathan Stever and Jimmy Lambert have done and they really have not shown much um so they've just got a lot of uh they have a, they have a lot of guys right there at the age that should be major leagues uh, but they haven't, you know, gone over the top yet, which is why everyone's so concerned if Carlos Rodon leaves, they won't have that guy to replace them because <laughs> uh, Dallas Keuchel isn't that great anymore. So oh, Darren, they're going to find guys out on the free agent market. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, it's another podcast. Uh, okay, Darren. Okay, thought exercise, spontaneous. Uh, we've identified Cade McClure and we've identified Nori Vera. They are your one, two in this rotation. Darren. Find three more starters in the White Sox organization that you would put as a all-star rotation for this year. And I'm sorry, it can't be someone traded and it can't be someone who's retired. Um, uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I gotcha. I guess Jimmy, no, Jimmy Lambert didn't do that well. Yeah, there's not really. Yeah, so we're going, a... we're going to uh, position player uh, pitching as of your third starter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could again say Mike Wright Jr., but I'd rather. And the truth is, listen, that's not how you know. That's not how we're supposed to do it. But based on performance, based on MVP yeah. posts, I did neglect Mike uh, Wright would be the third starter. It's ludicrous, but he would. He earned that. Uh, there are other guys, say like a Blake Battingfield. Battingfield had little hot stretches, fell down to earth again. Yeah. Not that he's a big prospect or anything. There are guys who had their little runs, but then yeah. you know fell back down. So okay, 
two. Do we have two to fill out a five-man rotation? So we're clearly going four-man for this all-star team, but I, I guess I guess the answer is, I mean, Vargas showed, you know, okay, they weren't really sure how to use him, but he 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 seemed to belly up okay to the challenge of a start, even though, as you point out, he's a little bit older and from another yeah. organization. Uh, okay, well, then it's even easier then Wink, wink. It's even easier to pick a bullpen. Uh, clearly, there are some guys who distinguish themselves, even if statistically, maybe even a, a Bennett Souza or Andrew Perez didn't like go bonkers, like they've got to be on the team out of spring training next year. Clearly, those are a couple of guys who are in your all-star pen. Uh, Caleb Freeman seems to just have the gloss uh, going straight up to Chris Getz as, as the guy to watch. You know, as as always, there were some injuries, but are there other arms beyond those three that you'd uh, make clear to get into your bullpen, especially because they're going to have to apparently take some spot starts? Yeah, so um, I would definitely include McKinley Moore there, who also got an AFL trip. Um, but again, they lost Zach Birdie. Tyler Johnson did not show much, mostly because he got hurt and wasn't able to come back. But even when he was in, he really wasn't showing much. Um, I'm not really sure what to count, like Matt Foster or Jay Spry at this point, but they seem like org guys um, mm-hmm. or quad guys at this point, yeah. not necessarily org guys that you wouldn't use ever. Uh, but yeah. again, this is a spot where you thought, oh, they've got a great bullpen going in. Um, and now really it's just Aaron Bummer is really fine. Um Liam Hendricks, obviously, he might he might have been the best closer in baseball, or up up there at least. Um, and then I guess Renato Lopez showed some things, but you it, there's really a huge drop again between McKinley Moore and Caleb Freeman, who are, I think the two ranked relievers mostly. Um, but again, then you go down to like Bennett Souza, but then but then but then but then, but then so it's, it's, a, not it's a there's not a ton there either. It's a totally different podcast, which we'll get to at some point in the offseason, Darren. But what you're saying now is, though last year there were pressing needs, right field, starting rotation, wherever else, yeah. uh, and they chose just to bolster bullpen, and we howled about it, uh, they could very easily pull the same shenanigans this offseason. Are you predicting that that is a possibility? Because I will. <laughs> I mean, I really... I know some people don't like the right field option. Uh, I'm again, I'm a Gavin Sheets guy. I think Sheets angle is just a fine option out there, especially um, with not, given the market. Not that I, not that it's fantastic, but it's definitely better than what they had last year or going into this year mm-hmm. with Adam Eaton. I think those two are much better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if they go for another like big arm in the bullpen, I'm completely fine with that. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm assuming Michael Cupback moves the starting rotation. I don't know mm-hmm. what Gary Crochet is going to do, but, um, you're losing one reliever right there. Like one of your top late inning guys. And then Craig Kimbrell's gone. Well, we when- don't really have anybody to kind of step in there, at least in Charlotte. Um, when, lower they might have Caleb Freeman or McKinley Moore in the future but they're in double a and single a so I don't well, know if they're gonna go straight there you've outlined a very reasonable strategy Darren but I am still going to howl when the only significant free agent <laughs> acquisition they make is like somebody else's closer again I know I hey listen we can use them I know but I'm still going yeah. to howl okay yeah. here's one guy who stood out only because his MVP votes were significant he was not even drafted uh, I'm curious to know 
and he's also got a White Sox bloodline, and Lord knows the White Sox love bloodline players. Uh, Cole Seamus is a guy who who distinguished himself at the very low levels. This guy wasn't even drafted. Uh, does that guy get any uh, stuff that we can uh, count on, or is it just too early to tell? Yeah, Cole with a K, I think <laughs> he the the strikeout numbers were fine, um, but the uh, he. Too many pulled balls, so just you're assuming that they're like hard hits at least. Mm. Um, but again, he's undrafted. Um, he might have just been like really good in the Arizona Complex lead in Canapolis just for a little bit. Um, I, I'm not, I don't know much about his stuff because there's not <laughs> much out there about <laughs> no. Colton. Um, but they barely get his, they barely get the game time temperature right in Arizona for our yeah. game. So yeah, but, but just knowing his background, undrafted. Um, I know there it's instead of 40 rounds, 20, um, but 21 through 40 weren't providing a lot of great players either. Um, so, I mean, he could be, but I'm not banking anything off of undrafted guy that did pretty good. Okay. It's he did fair. do very well though. But. Not trying to create Bolton Bore material, but Hey, Darren Black has out himself as a Cole Seamus doubter. It's okay. And, you know, unfortunately yeah. there were like two really you know, like distinctive relievers this season, especially if you throw yeah. all of Charlotte out, because you just sort of do have to throw all of Charlotte out. Nobody really distinguishes themselves because you can't even count Ronaldo Lopez because he was terrible in Charlotte. He wasn't even really relieving. And then he does yeah. well at the White Sox. So go figure the White Sox need that to happen like five times next year. And hopefully they can be lucky enough for that to happen. And maybe they could be smart enough not to, I don't know, sign Adam Eden to fill a major offensive hole this off season. That would be really good too. But again, podcasts in the future, not Southside Sox on the Farm Podcast 24, which I think we've just concluded, Darren. I will not embarrass you by rolling through the credits again, because we already did that anyway, and I'm not going to go back and delete that from whatever the Canapolis one, but always appreciate the work you do. Uh, way too many minor league updates. You take them on like a champ, and you have the losing record to prove it. Uh, but appreciate okay. it. You're still doing it again. Uh, misspoke a couple of podcasts ago, a podcast ago and said you were able to hibernate now that we finished these podcasts. Nope. You still got some fall league work to do where we try to unearth maybe one gem from the fall league uh, to, to be determined. Hasn't really happened yet, but uh, have fun with the Arizona fall league. I hope that you get maybe a week of hibernate, hibernative sleep uh, before we call you back for, I don't know, rule five or off season, uh, signing of some other team's closer rule five, uh, rule five <laughs> of course yes labor issues uh, what hat you're going to decide mm. to wear next i mean we're going to need we're, we're going to need to do some follow-ups you're not off until like february don't 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 get any ideas <laughs> you're going to be back sooner than you want to be but darren thank you for taking the time to do all these uh, with me and providing this terrific coverage through 24 podcasts and all the i can't even count the number of updates you've done but appreciate it weekly monthly I do the compiling. I count a bunch of stuff and you do all the hard stuff. So I got the easy gig here. So I appreciate it. Counting is not that easy. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm carrying you. All right. This is Brett Valentini for Southside Sox minor league coverage, carrying slackers like Darren Black, wearing a Mets hat. Uh, All right. Well, Rumi, we'll uh, talk again uh, sometime soon. But again, everybody, thanks for all season. Listen, this is a new podcast that we've thrown out there, and you've uh, given that some some pretty nice listenership. 
And of course, all the readership of the minor league updates, which I still can't quite understand, except to figure that maybe every single player and family and significant other is actually reading these every night. And that's cool. I hope you are. And in that case, hello to all of you. Thank you for listening and watching the read. It's cool. You can out yourselves. You can say, hey, you can say hi to us. <laughs> you know, we'd like to know you're out there. You know, we'll buy you a slice of pizza or a hot dog or something. No problem. Uh, well, okay. Until next year, that will be when we resume regular minor leagues coverage uh we will sign off on the farm but we'll be back between now and i don't know february we'll be talking some farm stuff right there yeah here and there all right as he says you know he's just here if it's a monday give him a call and uh, i probably will but uh thanks everybody for listening and uh well as always maybe not as soon as you think but we'll be back probably sooner than you want us to be yakking at you about the minor leagues (laughs)